episode of the internet's most hated mafia themed geek podcast long coat mafia podcast it is i the one the only reverend godfather aka the martinsburg madman aka this show's frontman and main host as i've been saying for the past uh i don't know week or so depending on when this one drops uh this is not just our bonus anniversary retrospective episode content that I've been putting out for the past, I don't know, almost month or so. This also is for those who, A, went to AwesomeCon and are suffering from con withdrawal, B, didn't go to AwesomeCon and want that convention content, or and or C, all of you who are gearing up to go to a convention, large or small, over this next, I don't know, month or so and you want to gear up by listening to some pot little ass podcaster like myself shout into the ether and provide to you some of the classic convention content that we might have done in years past now as promised uh, again depending on when this drops either earlier this week or last week uh, I promised you when the diners attack panel that we got from for State Comic Con that I thought had Vernon Wells in it. Well, it as I stated in a past ep- episode, it didn't. And so, therefore, so you guys and gals out there are not gypped if you are paying attention. Uh, you're getting that content now. Uh, this uh, episode stars a couple of uh, Power Rangers that uh, appeared in the uh, Dino Thunder run of the Power Rangers. I think that was the run that was called. It was like Dino Thunder or something like that. Not to mention we had, uh, or say in the part of the panel, we had somebody who appeared in uh, one of the Jurassic Park sequels. So so this whole panel was called When Dinos Attack. So uh, either way, uh, as I was also telling folks in previous episodes, this past week or last week, and as I will continue to do, uh, if there's an intro to the panel, I'm kind of just cutting it out and just leaving the panel, and I'm cutting everything out after the panel. So all you're going to be getting from me in regards to this episode is our We'll Be Right Back and a intro retrospective music, the panel, if not a brief inter- if I choose to or not, uh, a brief interview for that. And that I did for that particular panel, um, then the panel and the outro stuff. Uh, I'm cutting out anything I did for after the panel in regards to that. Now, uh, again, I'll state again. I might even cut cut out the intro for that panel after the intro retrospective uh, uh, music. I'm ping ponging right now, so you know what? Because I'm doing that. George, please cue the music. We'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia podcast. You're listening to the Long Coat Mafia. Capiche? Hey guys, again, welcome to, uh, if you haven't met or anybody from out the actual con itself hasn't welcomed you to uh, the, what did I do if I tucked everything away? Nope, it fell. Uh, <laughs> um, what well, hasn't welcomed to you? 
you all to the uh, winter pop culture and uh, comic expo. Uh, welcome. Uh, glad you're all here. I'm sure these guys here uh, will welcome you too. Um, for the uh, folks at home, this is the Dino Thunder panel at the Winter Pop Culture and Comic Wonderland. I uh, we are expecting Thomas Duffy soon from uh, the Lost World. I here I have. Yeah, I'm gonna let you guys announce your names. So that, that way, I don't screw them up. My name is Jeffrey Perazzo. I play the White Ranger in Dino Thunder. I'm Kevin Duhaney. I played the Blue Ranger in Power Ranger Dino Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I'm gonna try to keep. I try to keep everything casual. I don't personally. Whatever these guys want, how to talk. I don't mind language or anything like that. It's open for everybody. So, um, how'd you guys get <clears throat> being part of uh, the Power Rangers? In essence, the what is it? The fourth, the fifth inclination of uh, Power Rangers? Oh, was it? I think it was like the that eleventh. Eleventh. Yes. Um, it was good. Uh, I just had an audition. My agent called me, and um, well, I just auditioned for it. <laughs> it was like, yeah. um, how, how is that life for you guys? Like, uh, you want me to be, I don't mean to be anything in regards to it. Is it like, you want me to be what? A Power Ranger? Or did you guys grow up watching the show? Actually, or <laughs> Kevin, well, I, I grew, grew up, up watching, watching the show, it. yeah. I had Green Ranger pajamas as a kid. <laughs> yeah, like JDF was my dude. He was my favorite, man. So when I got to set and I saw he was going to be a part of the show, I freaked out. I got super excited. So, so and here is Thomas Duffy. Uh, so we have a full panel here today. Sorry, they didn't know where the panel was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for me, I just missed out on the whole Power Ranger craze. So when I got it, I was I actually asked friends. I'm like, is Power Ranger still on? Is this happening? And it was. And I'm happy about it. Um, was there any uh, coming... F um, having the original Green Ranger part of the show, was there any type of uh, shadow that you felt that, hey, I have to live up to this person's expectations? Or was it easy going on set? Uh, well, see, this is the beauty. is Because I missed Power Rangers, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I, know he, I knew he looked familiar, and I knew he was on the show, but it didn't... I just didn't think twice about it, you know? Yeah, I freaked out when I met him. He so, did. Yeah. He did. The first thing I told him was I had Green Ranger pajamas as a kid, and he was like, yeah, thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, so. So you, you geeked out, eh? I don't. You geeked out when you saw oh, him a little yeah, bit? Oh, yeah, big time. Big time. So, uh, um, again, we're here with... Um, what made you be part of, uh, at least in this aspect, uh, Jurassic Park? Was it something that was just come to, something that came across your desk, or? Yeah, well, you know, we all get we have agents, and agents send us out for things, and sometimes you get them, and sometimes you don't. Um, this particular <coughs> one uh, was kind of fun because uh, the character was described as a cross between a aging hippie and a desert rat. <laughs> so, so it's I um, had really short hair and no beard, like maybe a couple days scruff, and I'm thinking I'm not going to get hired looking because uh, I look pretty normal when I'm clean cut and I look like the guy next. I look like you guys, okay? I'm not like a movie star, okay? So uh, anyway, I the magic of makeup and I the gro the grub wasn't enough, but I went to Namie's, which is this. Beauty Supply, I bought a cheap little, I think couldn't have been more than $40, 
talked to Namie himself, who owned the place, and he helped me dye this thing. No. Fooled Spiel- Spielberg. Oh, so, nice. like, just put it on. It, it clipped in. It looked great. Uh, that's what they wanted for the character. Got hired. Uh, you know, listen, it's... First of all, it was a sequel to the biggest money-making movie of all time, so that was pretty cool. Uh, number two, I got to actually meet and, and dig dinosaur bones with Dr. Bakker, who my character is kind of based on, Robert Bakker from uh, from Wyoming and Denver, uh, and uh, that was pretty cool. I was that may have been as cool as anything in it is digging. We literally went out and dug dinosaur bones out of the out of a, a, a site in Wyoming. So cool. So that That's amazing. Really cool. Super cool. Now, speaking of training, what, did you guys have the, um, I don't want to say, um, mo- I'll say martial arts training prior to going on the show, or did you have to train a little bit? Oh, I, tra- oh, I, tra- I trained in the mountains of Japan for years <laughs> before. That is the best answer I heard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was I'll <laughs> Chuck Norris was there too. It was a thing. No, no. Um, no, I had no martial arts training before whatsoever. Um, we basically booked the role based on our acting, and and once we we got out there, they basically beat us up for a month and a half yeah. and whipped us into shape. So, I know the reason why I asked is because it, you hear stories from the original folks that they all had either uh, dance background or some sort of martial arts background. So it it it's. I don't want to say it's a fair question, but it... No, it's a good question. It's just it, the yeah. Disney era was a little different than the originals. Yeah. In the originals, they kind of went for that first. They looked for martial artists or dance background and then kind of molded their acting, whereas Disney looked for actors and kind of tried to mold them yeah. to be able to do some fighting. How long has Disney been doing? They don't do them anymore. They don't do it anymore. They, 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 they did sold that, it back. They, they like a six-year yeah. stretch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah. someone who was in that period one of the, the girl okay and she didn't have any training yeah. she, you know i mean it, it, it's difficult it's a lot easier to train someone to learn martial arts than it is to train someone to be a good actor yeah so you know yeah. i know uh thomas you majority of your work has been on the uh mainstream movie themes but you guys there there has been a cheese factor with the power rangers is is that um I don't mean that in a bad way. There's a cheese is good in regards to certain aspects of the TV show. I love cheese. Gouda, um, <laughs> Gouda, yeah. Hey, I'm just trying. You guys are pretty much outside my um, experience range. I'm trying to steer this the best I can. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, so please forgive me on that that aspect. Um, I know you guys in one of the episodes doing my research for this. Um, you guys kind of poked fun of that with I think it was. Uh, a social studies uh, experiment in regards to the show, a report, and it was like uh, the who was it? Um, the I don't want to say ah crap, I forgot who it was. He went up like the the version of uh, American life versus Japanese life was in essence the outcome of the show or his report, and they kind of aired a Japanese version of what you guys were. So it was that when you guys were watching. Yeah, it was like watching yeah. on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So it. Yeah, I wasn't in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> but Kevin's got a really good answer for this. <laughs> or if not, make something up. I, I'll take anything. Oh, well, I mean, the Japanese version is a lot different than the American version. It's it's a lot darker, and I feel like the American version is 
geared more towards children because, I mean, the show is really out there to sell toys. That's the main thing of Power Rangers is, you know, they want to sell the toys, so you kind of have to gear it towards children. Which my movie was actually the opposite because uh, Spielberg felt like he did the first movie, was very gentle, and, and he wanted to do a, a 1950s B-movie type of movie where it scared you and yeah you know, that's so cool which is hopefully so awesome. that i mean they're, supposedly they're going to re-release the movie um in 3d which i think would be oh, really be cool awesome. because ours there's lots of velociraptors jumping out yeah. at people and we didn't have 3d when we shot the movie yeah so. that's amazing and no dinosaurs were hurt in the filming of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which as you guys probably know phil Tippett is not here so we're all safe folks um, for those who don't, uh, some of you got it. Some of you got it. Uh, those who don't get it, Phil Tippett was the Dino supervisor in the original movie. And look on the knee uh, on do a Google search of Phil Tippett or Dino supervisor, and you'll get a whole mess of memes saying there were there were raptors in the kitchen. Phil, you had one job, <clears throat> one job. So, um, any uh, particular set stories you like to share? We got. Last uh, this past April, we got some interesting set stories from uh, Vernon Wells and uh, the rest of the gang. So, what do you guys <laughs> have? Anything you can top that? I don't know if we can top that. Vernon Wells is a special guy. <laughs> yeah, he's got great stories. Um, Kevin and the rest of the core group, um, they uh, they pulled a really nice prank on me. I mean, at the first month of shooting. When we actually got into shooting, I worked like tw- twice, you know, in a month and a half. These guys were on set all the time. So one day, because I was traveling around to Auckland as much as I could since I had all this time off, these guys called me at like 4 in the morning saying, Jeff, where are you? You know, you're supposed to be down here waiting for you downstairs. You know, we got to get the set. And I'm like, I'm not shooting today. He's like, yeah, you are. Like, we've been waiting for 20 minutes. Where are you? So I, can't, I went down. <laughs> and there was no one there. And I was messaging him. I'm like, where are you guys? Like, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, sucker. You're not working today. Yeah. <laughs> I got tired of seeing all these beautiful pictures of New Zealand, him traveling around. I was We're working traveling. 18 hour days every day. I was like, oh no, buddy. You're getting up early one of these days. Wow. <laughs> I planned it for a few days. So it, yeah. it's funny because no one liked me on the, sh- on the show when I turned evil, right? So it was, they already didn't like me. It was, it was so easy to play. <laughs> well, I guess the other. Um one of the things that was kind of fun is that when we shot most of the movie in uh, Northern California, up um, almost at the border and in the in the uh, redwood forests. So that would mean we were going back to Eureka, which is probably the only town that had enough uh, hotels to. I mean, it's a very big cast and crew. So I would spend an hour and a half to two hours every day going back and forth. But I was going back and forth with Vince Vaughn and watching so cool. about probably 12 of the characters that I've seen in movies now. We were doing improvs as we were driving, and it was, it was really a lot of fun. And, That's cool. um, but the, the hairiest thing was the day before my first shot on the movie, I hadn't even met Spielberg because I had to do a, a, my audition uh, via, it wasn't Skype, but it was by, you know, over the uh, the internets or something, but um, I'm just about going to bed because I have a 6 a.m. call, and Jeff Goldblum comes by and says, 
Hey Tom, we're going out for sushi. Come on, we're going. We're going, and I'm going. Jeff, I got you know they, these guys. He didn't have a call till late in the day, so I'm okay. I, I said, well, Vince is going to be there, and Julianne's going to be there, and Stan Winston is going to be there, and Janusz Kaminski is going to be. And I'm like, I got to shoot at six in the morning, you know. So I wound up um, regretting my choice of going to that dinner, but it was it was it was pretty amazing. Oh, and Holly Hunter was there because she was married to Janusz Kaminski at the time. You don't want to miss that dinner, right? Yeah, you don't want to miss it, but at the same time, I'm like, I want to go to that get, dinner. And, and, and then <laughs> the, the, the the kicker was, I I showed up. And they said, well, Tom, we ordered all this food because you're a big guy. So it's like I have to sit there. It's not like I can grab, like, a little something and, and get out of there. Yeah. But it was, it, was, it was actually a lot of fun. I mean, a, a lot of people that, uh, you know, really talented people, you, you kind of, like, feed off of them. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's a lot it's of fun. A, it's a learning experience. Yeah. In the presence, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I know you guys um, had a – you guys down there – had a lot of um, past uh, experiences in movies and TVs. Was the Power Rangers any different than uh, what you worked on in the past? Or well, I'm, I mean, physically, yeah, it was physically a little, a little bit more demanding than normal. Um, I mean, but other than that, preparation was, you know, pretty much the same. If you weren't doing a fight scene, yeah, know. yeah. Um, this guy has a big resume even before Power Rangers, right? I felt like. It was nerve-wracking, you know, just going to set and just trying to keep up with everybody. Like, that was the first season I did of a show. You know, I got to do a lot of uh, like movie parts and, you know, small TV parts, but that was the first time I was actually on set feeling like, wow, they flew me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting paid to, like, work. <laughs> I was in it, and, and plus, I didn't start as quickly as you guys. No. So, I mean, for, it was a learning experience. It's funny. Like, we that's actually how I learned the technical side for acting. We so actually met on the plane, too. We went on the plane to go there. On the way there. 18-hour yeah. flight. 18-hour flight. But yeah, I, I would have loved to hear that conversation between you two, seeing that, hey, uh, I'm going to do this acting gig. Really what? Being a Power Ranger. Oh, no, like I sat down next to him and was like, hey, are you going to be a Power Ranger? He's like, yeah, you. I'm like, yeah. Well, well, then that was it. <laughs> it's a very big show. <laughs> Oh, and then the whole flight there. Do you remember? Everyone kept coming up to us. They were like, are "You guys, you, you guys, musicians. You guys, you guys, you guys yeah. are. You guys. What group did they think we were? We were part of NERD, nerd. Yes, they thought we were yes, part they of nerd. I was Pharrell Williams. <laughs> yeah, funny. That's funny. And we drank Caesars. <laughs> uh, what, what was he? I know you've had a long uh, resume as well. What was the most uh, memorable project you worked on? Well, I mean, you know, Lost World was Lost World, so it was that was a pretty memorable deal. Uh, I really liked Varsity Blues. I had a great time on that movie. movie. Uh, but it's been a lot of, you know, I mean, I enjoyed working with Charles Bronson. He's, you know, was an icon and got to... I've been very blessed. I mean, you know, the... Um, you know, X Files was fun. I mean, it's hard to say one thing over another. You know, uh, but probably just for straight up enjoyment of a role and like getting into it, I think uh, Varsity Blues. That was, I, that was, I really like that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. A, I mean, I still have people. People here have seen it fifty times. The guy brought his DVD and we signed the DVD and wow. yeah. So it's cool. It's one of those. You know, it's not for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's not a that kid's movie. That was like movie. a Vanderbeek's Pete, right? Yeah. In that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that was like, it was 
Pete it, Martin. It was crazy. Nobody knew Paul Walker, and yeah. everybody knew Vanderbeek. But yeah, he had, I mean, he'd already that worked. Was yeah, no, yeah. he was. He was. We went out to dinner one night in a small little restaurant in Austin, Texas. Just the six. It was myself and Amy and uh, Allie and uh, Vanderbeek and Paul Walker. So that's um, six. I think there was six of us, regardless. Mm-hmm. And it was empty. So we went. Oh, oh, great! We got a great place to go to. Literally five minutes after we ordered our food, the entire restaurant was full and a line out the door because I guess the frat parties gave up, you know, they knew they had to be there at a certain time. So we, we're thinking we're going to a nice, quiet restaurant, and it's like, and everybody was just going crazy over him and, you know, reaching across people and, wow. oh, hey, Dawson, you know, what happened to your hair? <laughs> he dyed his hair, you know, but, and Paul Walker, like, guys are smacking him in the face to grab, to, it, was, it was an interesting. That's funny. Yeah, interesting deal. I know uh, back uh, earlier this year when I had to do the other panel, I missed out on asking it, so I'll ask, ask it here. Are you guys familiar with the uh, so-called uh, Power Rangers curse, or have you heard about What's that? The curse about, like, once you do Power Rangers, you can't work? Uh, <laughs> that's really what that, that's the curse, right? Is that uh, what I'm like, talking about? Here? I haven't you figured die it. Or you, you die. Or you die. That's because a lot I, of people I don't have. <laughs> I don't know. I tried look. I tried looking into in it myself, but it, there seems to be um, no validity to it. Like, um, there, I'm sure some of people here are familiar with the Poltergeist curse, where a lot of people who filmed the Poltergeist series have passed away. There's no consistency in regards to the Power Rangers uh, curse. It seems like some people went to uh, committed crimes. Some people passed yeah. away. And there's been a I lot mean, yeah, of us, though. A lot of, you know, you can fill a city with every single Power Ranger from every season over the past 13 years, right? So there's a lot of us. Um, so yeah, I'm sure some of them got into trouble. I mean, listen, there's no know? rhyme or reason, but I mean, I three young people out of Varsity Blues are gone. I mean, life is life, right? It my, happens. The little boy who played my son disappeared. You know, Paul had his car wreck, and, you know, Ron passed away this year. So is that a curse? No. It's just, you know, unfortunately, stuff happens. Just the Internet being the Internet primarily, probably. Yeah. 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 I don't know. So I've heard of that, but I feel feel like I've heard more of the one where, like, once you do Power Rangers, like, you can't get work after. Oh, kind of like the Superman curse. But a lot of us are working still. (laughs) Um, I've heard as well as that the inclination that you guys were on the show was kind of underrated by a lot of the fans, or you know, I've had a lot of people who really liked our show actually, and it's partly probably because we're riding off the coattails of Jason David Frank's character Tommy because he comes back for our show, right? Um, and also because it was a dino theme. It was the first dino... Was it the first dino theme yeah, to come back? Yeah, since the original. Like, our characters were based off the original characters. So, I don't know. People seem to really... Most of the time, a, Mighty Morphin's everyone's favorite. It's just nostalgic. Yeah. Right? But, I've, um, I've, I've had, had a lot of people those. say they got back into it because of, our you know, theme. our season. Which is yeah. pretty cool. It's a compliment. I, I just want to know, guys. Uh, you know, there were dinosaurs in it. <laughs> got something for Dr. Burke? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against uh, Jason, but it pro- you probably would have probably improved it. Oh, come on. Ooh, not, no. Ooh. No, no, no. Who's no, recording? No. Oh, <laughs> hey, no one? Okay, hey yeah. I'll be more than happy <laughs> to have sensitive. Jason on the show, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, 
still, um, what do you, uh, Thomas? So, seeing, I'll include uh, you guys in and out as well. Uh, thinking about the uh, later inclinations of the show, it, do you think the later mo- shows had something to live up to you guys, or same thing with like Jurassic Park, the Lost, uh, the new movie, and the s- new sequels that might be coming out? Um, in regards to reinsurgence or repopularity with Power Rangers? I don't know. I mean, geez, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, like, I feel like the movie can only do you know good for the yeah. franchise. It's just going to draw a whole new generation and, and you know kind of give us an avenue to get out there again, too. Yeah, I guess. It's down I mean, to the writing, too, you know? I mean, yeah. If they have a good script, it could be huge. Yeah, right? exactly. But, I mean, you know, they're... they're Lost World kind of, I never made it through the third one. Um, I watched it, but I didn't, you know, the characters, the story, it was a story more than anything else. I mean, and that's all you can do as as an actor. You know, it's like someone said to me, why why were you so worried about that snake when you, you know? know, And I'm like, well, that's what they, actually in reality, and you guys would know this as well, um, I had an earlier scene where I was, Definitely afraid of snakes because I got bitten by a, 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 I think a rattlesnake or something, uh, and they didn't wind up shooting that. They they shot it, but it didn't wind up into the to the movie. So you know, it's just some crazy guy with a snake going, and that was that was interesting in itself because that was a real snake and there was a drain at the bottom. Oh. So I had to keep the snake from getting out yeah. and going down that drain because it would have it would have been yeah dead, yeah so. Luckily, we did one take, so you know it was good. It's beautiful. And my stunt guy got <laughs> pulled off to oblivion. Um, I know you guys. At least um, you two down there have done a lot of uh, uh, shows and panels and so forth. Uh, what favorite uh, show convention uh, moments and panel moments that you've had over the years? I think the, f- the first convention I did was in 2014. Yep. It's where um, we went to Lexington. That was really special because for years I never went to conventions. Never thought about doing it, right? So whenever I would get offered, I'd be like, no, I can't do it. I decided to go to this one because it was an an anniversary. I didn't realize how many people we touched. I didn't realize, you know, how important it was for certain people watching the show. Um, that's, That's kind of where it all started, where I wanted to keep going because... There's times when, I mean, being a Canadian actor in Toronto, sometimes, you know, you have your ebbs and flows with acting. And, you know, maybe I was judging my, or maybe second-guessing what I was doing for a little while, but then you meet all these people that re-inspire you. Um, so it's important for me to go because it's, it's nice to feel inspired, you know. Mm-hmm. It's nice to meet people who actually want to see you succeed and do good things. Amen. And it started there, so I'll, I'll say that one. Yeah. And I haven't done one for 20 years because I had kids. My daughter's freshman year of college, so I'm back in the back in the show. But I think you know, when you're young, it's it's nice to be able to, especially when you do movies, do theater. You get that instant gratification. You know, know people are enjoying it. Get out and meet people, and you know, see people who your your work is touched and who yeah. love your work or. Even hate your work, you know. It doesn't matter. You know, it's nice to get out among the people and see see what it's. I mean, that's really kind of what it's all about. Yeah. You know? 
you guys are uh, you guys are what support all of us. <clears throat> That's the yeah, we're here. Yeah, without you guys, we have no job. You know, so it's nice to, to yeah, meet like everybody who gives us a chance <laughs> gives us a chance to do what we love. What kind of projects are you guys working on? Anything now, or uh, what are you guys working on? Uh, I just finished a uh, season of a cartoon called Looped. I do the voice of uh, Theo, and that's on right now. Uh, you can actually find it on Amazon Prime out here. And um, I did two seasons of Total Drama Island before that as the voice of Cameron. Um, and I also wrote a film with uh, Jeffrey as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we wrote a horror film called Dramacon. We're in the, we were in pre-production, then we went back into uh, end of development with a new production company. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, we're supposed to go to tape on that in June. Um, I just finished shooting an episode of 12 Monkeys, and I'm going to work with one of my favorite directors next week. It's so nice that I get to say this, because there's some conventions where you don't have anything to say for a, mo- for a little while, but I get to work with Aaron Sorkin starting next week. Um, and that's going to be really cool. Like I love his work, and it'll be, it'll be nice to get yelled at. <laughs> if there's any director I'll be yelled at by, I'll be happy to be yelled at by him. Yeah. yeah. Well, go ahead. No, that's a, uh, I was just going to add, I get yelled at by my kids constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but no, I, I'm, I've got a, a movie called Odious that's supposed to come out next three months. And I just finished one called Only Once More. And uh, that's it. Kevin, uh, you said you're now doing voice work for two different cartoons, or at least did that. What was the switch between, uh, what's it like to switch from actually physical acting to voice acting now? Oh, it's nice, man. I get to go to work in my pajamas. I don't have to worry how I look. (laughs) It's pretty sweet, man. It's pretty sweet. No, I like it. I, I have, you know, I can, I feel like I can do a lot more with my voice than I can do on camera, which is fun. I can be a lot of different nationalities and, you know. So it's, it's fun. It's nice. It's a nice change. So uh, right now, I'll kind of open it up with to the people in the audience. Um, what do we got? So I have a question for my client, Tom. Uh, <laughs> uh, many people may not know this, but he was actually in Wagon's East, which was John Cain's very last before he, he died. Did he die making the film, Tom? Or was, did they actually complete all the scenes in that film? No. No. John, uh, I was with John the night he passed away, and... Uh, we went to set the next morning and, you know, a PA come up just completely pasty-faced and said, you know, John passed away last night. Nobody believed it. I mean, but I don't think anyone's... We are about an hour and a half out from uh, the city. We They just said go home and figure it out. No, we had to shoot. They literally took him out of another scene. The movie was maybe going to get shuttered. We were about two-thirds of the way through. Mm-hmm. But he... Um, they cut him out of a couple of scenes and then another couple of scenes they changed instead of him talking about the other characters, the other characters talked about him. But they were able to put it together. Um, but, you know, when you take stuff away from someone like John Candy, who was just the nicest man you ever want to meet. I mean, he just would just a regular guy and really funny all the time uh, you know you can't you can't just take someone and you can't take him out of the movie because he was like the heart and soul of it so the movie came out uh, a lot different than it we had planned and uh, you know bottom line you know tough I mean we were all it really brings you back to what's really important 
Go ahead. I have one. Um, there was one last episode of Super Mega Force where supposedly all of the Rangers actually came back. Were you guys actually in on that or no? No, our invitation got lost in the mail. I yeah, it <laughs> got so. lost. Our characters were there, <laughs> and I know I got the credit for it. So thank you. But uh, I was in there because <laughs> I actually meant um, your character's costume. I did see because I was actually looking for the ones I knew, and I spotted yours. But I wasn't sure if it was actually yours because there was only very few that actually took off their helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones they brought. <laughs> That's called ka-ching for the producers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Van didn't really mess around with the Disney actors when they took it back. No. So I think, did Emma go back once, though? Emma did go back once. Yeah. But that was the, wasn't that the very end of Disney, the last season? Was it? Yeah, it could have been could've that been. or the very first season of Could have been, yeah. Spawn, but I think, yeah. Go ahead. Did you guys learn to love your colors? Like, you know, blue might not have always been your favorite color, but then you had to wear blue all the time, and I know blue is associated with you and white. So did you guys learn to love it, or did you already... I mean, I already kind of like blue, but this kind of enhanced it. Now. <laughs> now I go out of my way to be around blue. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, they had me wearing a lot of black as well, so... I don't know. You know. Look at you I, now. I tend to wear more black. Look at you than now, white, but yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that, you, um, in reference to the color scheme, because you played all, even though the good character as well as the bad, do you think there was kind of a relation of, all right, he's going to be good and the black, the classic uh, good being, white being good and yeah. the black being evil? I never thought about that. Um, did that happen? It might have happened without anyone really realizing it. I've never thought about it that way, though. Because that was usually the standard old, old school. Um, <laughs> it was the old school um, cowboy thing that the good guys always wore white and yeah. the bad guys always wore black. And who yeah. knows? They probably did that in regards Might to the show, too. Might have been a subconscious too. thing that they did. I don't know. I'm going to use it, though. Every time I go away, I'm like, did you guys get this? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that was my stamp on the character. <laughs> that's how I did That's how I worked it. Always in the back. <laughs> Go ahead. I have another question. Um, quick one. But if I'm like on Dino Thunder, they actually had one where you guys actually had to fight yourselves. Am I correct? That they had to fight each other? I had other? to fight my character because they split us into two. Yeah, I don't remember. You don't think you had to fight your myself. character? No, no. It was just, it was just my character. I think when they cloned me, I had to fight yeah. the evil guy. Well, like, we actually the same one or yeah. two different? No, same one. Same one, same take. I'm fast. <laughs> I'm so fast. One side, this side. Remember when I told you I was training in the hills of Japan? He yeah. showed up for the last like week and a half, so yeah. he was there for speed training. <laughs> <laughs> well placed. I know you were saying you weren't like, but the evil rangers are by far the most badass characters in the show. But um, uh, I gotta say, like your laser arrow is magic, right? Yeah, it was awesome. You can't touch that. <laughs> but anyway, my, my question was like, how was it um, doing the episode with uh, the Ninja Storm Rangers? I really loved working with the Ninja Storm guys. I really did. Uh, I just 
I don't know. It's weird. It, that was our season, right? That was our year, so we were already there. And then they came back, and I was just really... Those guys, they had a big group. They had, like, what, six, was it six of them? Seven of them? Six of them? Let's just say there were six of them, okay? Um, they were all such a tight unit. Such a tight unit, and I was really impressed with that. Yeah, they were so uh, fluid. I started second-guessing myself. They were like, so fluid. <laughs> like, our season was weird because it was me, Kevin, and Jason were the only North American guys. Everyone else was from Auckland or Wellington. So when we would want to go out and travel and see things, it was always just us three. The rest of the guys, it's their backyard, so they're not interested in doing that. With Ninja Storm, everyone came from somewhere else, and you really just felt how tight they were. Um, and that was just really nice to see. And besides, our team up was really cool. Yeah. You know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stupid question. Can you see out of those helmets? Yeah. We can okay. see. Well, we can't see Why? It's yeah. just like looking through sunglasses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's really dark. Yeah. They're safe. They're safe. Better question. How do you like working with Spielberg? It was great. I mean, you know, you get the <coughs> very best of everything, and, uh, you know, he's. It's really interesting because he doesn't he doesn't do coverage meaning if he shoots a scene he might show, shoot everybody here and shoot you and then never have anyone to cut away to and he, it's all in his head he's pre-cut the movie in his head yeah so it's like and, and, or you know oh no i used that in uh i used it you know a shot where like we have a shot where we're looking into a um a T-Rex print and the faces are reflected in the water. Now I use that on, I don't know if I want to use that because I use it, you know, so he's, he's always thinking, um, you know, uh, it was. So you're kind of always like shooting. You're, all, you're always. You're all, yeah. And you, but, but you, and you, but you always have to be on. Too. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's all the it's time. It's almost yeah. like it has that feeling of and being in theater. And it's, the, the, the thing is, I mean, I've worked with some really, I've worked with, you know, James Cameron. I've, I've worked with a lot of really top-notch directors. But with Spielberg, you don't you want to hit the home run every single time, and that's difficult for an actor, mm -hmm. and especially if you're sustaining it over four months. Like, our, we had a big, huge scene <coughs> where the uh, dinosaurs escape, and uh, we shot it at the end of our run uh, at night. My close-ups were at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> And everybody, half the cast was gone because I was kind of, I wasn't low man on the totem pole, but, you know, they shoot out Je Jeff Goldblum, then they shoot out Pete Postlewaite, then they shoot out Julianne Moore, and uh, they're gone. So you're not looking at them. Uh, you're shooting your shot, and you've got to be, you know, you've got to be good. And, you know, on top of it, when, I mean, my hair in the movie was not, a, was not real hair. Oh, it was real hair, but somebody else's. Um, so I got this bag that I'm carrying around through the whole movie. And, of course, right now, now Spielberg, I, I messed up a line. So it's 4.30 in the morning. He wants to go home. So the, I put the strap on my head, and they say, you know, and I've got this big bunch of dialogue, and I feel, I feel the hair piece coming off because the hair is underneath oh. the strap. <laughs> So if you watch it, it's it's the take that's in the movie, and I'm like, no, I think uh, you know the, the thing can smell five miles, and you know, it, it, so yeah, it's it's a little different with with you know with someone. I mean, I work with Mike Nichols. I've worked with some really great directors. Yeah. Steven knows. I've never seen anybody that 
had the whole movie basically mapped out in their head before they shot and and had the courage because these guys know I mean there's a lot of things that can go wrong that have nothing to do with acting that he's going to get that shot and then we don't he doesn't shoot the rest of us because he's already got it yeah. moving on yeah. and so it makes it interesting and we had John Williams staying with us at the hotel while you know while we're shooting and he's scoring it as we go I mean it was pretty amazing Stan Winston awesome. you know and, and, and you know the guys from ILM you know it was pretty pretty amazing sounds epic man. that, that being said um, <clears throat> according at least to IMDB that you worked on Super 8 as well um, mm-hmm. having to deal with not only uh, Spielberg but with a different director as well what was that like it's pretty much the same, same guy same, but no just uh, kidding <laughs> I mean he does emulate Steven quite a bit but he's a good guy we um, I played Rooney the um Electric company guy up in the cherry picker, and uh, I get killed again. Uh, <laughs> seems to be a recurring theme. I probably have. I've probably been killed uh, ten or fifteen times on film, you know, and then at least fifty by the critics. But that's another story. Uh, but no, I, I, you know, that was a, it. Was a, I mean, he's very efficient. He knows what he wants. You know, we took the time to shoot the scene right, and that's nice because these days you don't always have that. It's like, okay, is it in focus? Great, we're moving on. Because it costs a lot of money, obviously, to do these big budget movies. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, JJ's a pretty dynamic guy. Uh, a lot more uh, frenetic energy than, than Spielberg. Spielberg's kind of... As you get older, you get a little you know, less frantic and... Uh, but but good experience, you know. And I thought it was a great little movie. I actually know. I love that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, working, I, I well I wouldn't call um, again. I'd say it to his face too. Um, I don't, even though Jason David Frank is not that big of a name, but in the Power Ranger circuit he probably is. But working with a lot of the bigger named actors, what, what's it kind of like that's out there? I don't know. Every I haven't had the opportunity to work with a lot. I did get to work with Monica Bellucci, Clive Owen. Um, those are probably at the pinnacle of who I've gotten to work with. And they're, uh, what I've noticed is they're really nice and humble and quiet and laid back. And most of the time they just want to work mm-hmm. and just get, the, uh, you don't, you know, and then you shoot it and you go home, but really humble and giving. Well, yeah. let me just chime in here. So <laughs> I've worked with De Niro, Pacino, Meryl Streep. I mean, I've worked with tons of super top notch actors some are nice some are not so nice yeah you know some but you know for the most part <coughs> they haven't gotten to where they're got you know i mean and, I, and i've had an experience like sean penn people have this bad reputation i th- thought sean was great um you know um a couple other people that you know that you know people say oh that they're 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 a pain or they're whatever you know it's people charles bronson was not very communicative with a lot of people, but he, it was my first movie, and he took me under his wing, and we were doing a stunt scene, and I did most of my own stunts in that movie, which literally involved picking up grown men and throwing them through the air. Um, he, this director, really pushed things too far. I, there's a, at the end of the movie, I'm having a fight to the death with Bronson, and there's a scene where I'm on my knees and he's kicking me in the chest. 
he kicked apparently over a hundred times. I was kicked until Bronson finally went over to the director and said, "He's not doing any more. You got the shot." And that was the end of it. You know, and they did have the shot. It was just, you know, I think he maybe I shouldn't have eaten something at the at the bar or something. You know, <laughs> but you know, it's it's, it's, uh, it's just it's just like people. Yeah, and a lot of the time it depends on their the approach to the craft. Some yeah. of them are really talkative, and some are just in their character, and they don't want to be budged from that. You know. Yeah. So it just depends on kind of who you get on what day on what you're shooting. Exactly. No, many, no, you know. absolutely right. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, you worked on Death Wish too. It, it, that that point was almost the pinnacle of Canon Films in that particular well, that the, area. That was the first mo- movie they made money on. Yeah. You know so. It did very well. It was number one in the box office a couple of weeks in a row. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Bronson was the international star of the decade in the 70s. So, uh, you know, he carried it. You know, he carried a lot of weight. So a lot of people, a lot of people to this day, you know, he's a favorite movie star of quite a few people. So, good man. The yellow power engine. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> You know, I never really thought about it at the time. I was just so wrapped up in trying to do a good job in being a Power Ranger because I always used to tell people as a kid, I'm going to be a Power Ranger when I grow up. <laughs> and it happened. So I was like, okay, now I'm here. <laughs> now I'm here. Let me do a good job and not mess this up. Right? So, and seeing JDF, it like put the fear in me even more. Like, oh man, he's back. Like, so yeah, I was just. Which is why I was glad I didn't really know him. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, just, I was just praying that I wouldn't get fired. I'm like, you can't get fired from Power Rangers, Jeff. <laughs> God, don't let that happen, man. Like, don't let that happen. Don't be that guy. Thank God I wasn't. Apparently, we got five minutes, so um, maybe one. Uh, this young gentleman over here. How comfortable are the helmets? Super comfortable. It's like putting on a pair of mitts. <laughs> that are the wrong size. <laughs> no, it's comfortable. It's like wearing any helmet, you know. Just don't expect to breathe. You just can't breathe out of them. Yeah. You, we gotta put a straw. The ones that bend, and then bend it down, and you just breathe out of the straw. <laughs> if you watch really closely in the show, you'll see the straws coming out of the sides. I'm joking. <laughs> you should have left it alone. There would have been people at home. With the TV. <laughs> yeah, I'll see it. Great way to keep it on Netflix, too. (laughs) Great way to keep it on Netflix for a little bit longer. I would have put it out, look for the straws and Dino Thunder. (laughs) We have proof. Listen to our episode. (laughs) Any other? um, The gentleman in the back. Uh, You guys talked about the Ninja Storm team. SPD was cool, you know? I, you know what the funny thing was? Matt Austin, we kind of started acting at kind of the same time. Um, he was actually on hold to play Connor, Mc, Connor McKnight. I was going to say McDavid, the hockey player. <laughs> Connor McKnight in our season. Um, he didn't get it. He ended up going back the next year. For me, that was nice because I actually got to work with a friend that I knew, you know, who was part of the struggle back in Toronto. Um, but I don't know. You were more a part of that team up. So yeah, it was nice to kind of a lot of their cast was Canadian. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to go back and work with a lot of fellow Canadians and, and kind of just explore together and, and, you know, just be a part of this amazing legacy. 
It's fun. It just wasn't as magical though. It was like a, it was a, the team up was kind of sped through. Yeah, wasn't it? it yeah, just, like just hurry up. Let's get done. And on that, sadly, so they could probably move in the next round of uh, panel. We'll end it. This panel there. Is there any place where you, um, the attendees could follow you on social media or? Uh, yeah, I have my Facebook page, the official KD. Um, yeah, my, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Just my name. Just look for my face. <laughs> well, I am the original dinosaur. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have, Twitter, I don't have an Instagram. <coughs> Uh, you can fo- uh, you can follow me on thomasfduffy.com, um, and IMDb, and uh, follow me at your theater because I'll be in or on your cable television. I'll be in there somewhere. <laughs> Again, from those of us here at the panel, thank you for attending this panel. Um, as always, thank you guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, what we've done here, the recording will be available on the. Website, I got flyers here if you guys want to put, um, pick one up. Um, again, thank you from the show, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. Thank you for attending. Win Con, uh, I'm sure they'll, you guys will still be doing autographs. Don't forget to pick up an autograph from these fine gentlemen if you haven't already. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys, for coming. It's a Long Coat Mafia Podcast! You're listening to the Long Coat Mafia. Capiche? Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed going down memory lane in this bonus anniversary retrospective episode by listening to the When Dinos Attack panel that was done, I think, back in 2016, 2017-ish. But either way, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there's one la- few th- last things I have to go over in regards to everything, and that is our sponsors and funding and all that. So you could probably just end here if you want. But if you want to listen to me talk about our partners and so forth and so on, here you go. If you need uh, a pick-me-up while you're playing Halo or uh, The Last of Us or whatever game you're playing on your PC, PS5, or Xbox, or Nintendo Switch, and you need that boost of energy. You don't go buy, go for a Monster Energy drink. Don't go for a Red Bull. Go for Dubby Energy. That's right. Go to dubby.gg. That is d-u-b-b-y dot g-g. And when you place an order for them, through them, at checkout, enter in code LCM Podcast. And you get 10% off your order. Now remember, uh, W Energy is zero sugar and provides a lot of uh, the same stuff that their competitors do, just with no sugar. And someone as a type 2, that's a great thing. So give them that choice. Give them that effort. So if you see something you like within your price range on W.GG, again, remember, at checkout, Use code LCM podcast for 10% off, and it helps us uh, doing so. And using that code also helps us here at the show. Now, if uh, as I've been telling folks, hey, if W is too expensive for you and everything's out of your price range, but you still want to support us uh, by tossing us a couple of bucks, hey, you can do that. 
We have a Patreon. It's at three bucks. Uh, that's the lowest we can go. And with that Patreon, you'll get uh, uh, the full-length video episodes before they hit YouTube. You get some uh, clips that we might decide will be Patreon only. You, you'll get polls. You'll get uh, uh, just conversations that I'll you know post up or start. Uh, you'll great way to place feedback and so forth and so on. And plus, all of you who uh, go through Patreon. You'll get shoutouts every episode we do. Every audio episode we put out, you'll get shoutouts. And you know what? I might do a list for videos as well in regards to the full-length episodes. You'll get shoutouts. And I think I'll put them up on the uh, aspect of the Patreon as well. Who knows? I might make that a Patreon exclusive in regards to the shoutouts in video format. So... Uh, who knows? If you want to hear that, just let me know. Shoot me an email at longcoatmafia@gmail.com. Um, but if uh, three bucks is too much and you want uh, check, uh, try uh, shooting us a couple of bucks through our GoFundMe. Uh, link is in the description down below, along with all our links. Uh, that's the Patreon and the W links are all in our description and they're clickable. Um, if you want to show, toss us a, uh, a buck or two. Because even if that is uh, three bucks is too high for you, um, consider a GoFundMe. Uh, and uh, if we break that thousand dollar goal on our, one of our main episodes, I will make do on my promise that if we break the thousand dollar goal, I will wear a bikini top for that episode. I will. When I say I'm a gamer, I'm wearing bikini. I will show you that I'm wearing a bikini top. So there's that. So if you want to see that happen, donate, donate, uh, uh, donate a couple of bucks. Just uh, again, uh, I, since I'm one of the few that's below the poverty line, uh, I understand uh, sometimes donating a couple of bucks is uh, a lot. So uh, if you can't do that and you don't want to risk uh, messing out on paying rent or food or meds or gas money or what have you, hey, hey. Liking our show, liking our stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and all that is free. Subbing to us on TikTok uh, is free. You know, all on our social media and where to find us is a link in, in the description. The social media and where to find us in regards to podcasts, YouTube, it's all free. Subbing, uh, liking us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and following us all there, that's all free. That helps us out. Liking our posts, sharing our posts on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and you know, bookmarking our stuff on uh, Instagram and all that fun jazz. Watching our videos on YouTube, subbing up on YouTube, all that is free and helps us. Uh, liking our po videos on Facebook and doing comments, saying at least hello on. Uh, the comments section in on YouTube that helps us. So please do that. Uh, if you, it helps us more than you know. And to let you know, if you do toss bucks or dollars our way, it does help us get new and newish equipment. That's number one. Number two, it also helps us with if uh, I get picked up by Sasha and you know or anybody friends of the show and they take me to Winchester. Uh, or Hagerstown, or some place in Pennsylvania for an event for the day. It helps pay for gas. It helps pay for hotel costs. It helps pay for uh, 
like I said, equipment, food, the whole nine yards. If you want to see receipts, we will post receipts if you want to see receipts. We will back, we will put receipts where our mouth is to show you it's not going to waste and that we're just wasting our money. So that is uh, to satisfy all your concerns. That will happen if need be. We've already done it, so don't worry about it. So um, that being said, I'm going to leave you guys for the next episode stay tuned for that it might be another retrospective bonus episode but still we're doing it for those who are gearing up for con season or suffering from con withdrawal so take care one and all i'm the reverend godfather aka the martinsburg madman and i am out of here you've been listening to the long coat mafia podcast the internet's most hated and mafia themed geek podcast 